0: Hello everybody, this is Tom with the Red Hit Show um, Today is November the 21st And um, it's been a while since I did my show, um, obviously um, The last one I did uh, was back on October the 24th um, That's when I posted the last episode um, And it was talking about the um, cruise that Roger and I went on And, um, and I thought I would, um, try to do a show tonight. Um, as many of you know, if you follow me on Facebook, um, you know, something really, uh, heartbreaking happened. Um, I, I talked about it many times before about my sister, Kim, and unfortunately, um, She has been, or has been, had been, uh, dealing with, um, bone cancer, and, well, unfortunately, um, prior to the cruise, and, uh, she was, you know, doing, you know, much better, and then, um, all of a sudden, things started to take a turn for the worst, and, uh, What happened was she ended up, um, because of the bone cancer, um, what had happened was the, um, calcium, uh, that was in her bones was getting into her bloodstream, which caused her to be kind of out of it. And, um, unfortunately one night, uh, when she was at home, uh, she got up to go to the restroom and when she did that, she um, slipped and she fell. And my dad and his girlfriend, Linda, um, they all lived together. And uh, so they went to help her, and she was really out of it. And so they had to call an ambulance, and they took her to the hospital. And so she was in the hospital room, and... Um, for a while and what happened was the doctor said that her calcium was coming out of her bones and getting in the bloodstream and that was causing her to be kind of out of it in the head and so they had her in the hospital to try to um you know decrease the calcium number and you know and just let you know that a normal uh person like you and i um if our calcium number is around 10 that's a normal number and the thing is with my sister uh, it was like at a sixteen, so it's way higher than it you know it should have been and um so they were you know had her on you know on trying to keep her hydrated and trying to help her get that taken care of and what they did is uh they did a bone marrow test, and what they did is they had sent out the the test to Uh, various places including john hopkins and they were supposed to review it and they were supposed to get back with uh her doctor to find out what the next course of treatment would be and uh well during the the course of them waiting because it took like over a week and a half to get any type of response and the the bad thing is is that the doctor said that they believed that something else um had happened or either her uh, cancer had come back, or it's, it was possible that um, uh, that a different kind, like maybe leukemia or something else, had happened. And so, uh, basically, there was two options: either a um, that John Hopkins would get back. And basically, what happened was they said that they needed more samples, and so they sent them more samples. And this was like on. Let me look at the calendar. This was like on um, like Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday when this happened. No, I'm sorry. It was Thursday, Thursday night, uh, the 26th. And basically they said that they were going to send the other samples and that they would hopefully know something by Monday. And what happened is then in the course of that, they said, well, either A, we find out what, the next course of treatment would be but the thing is that she was so weak um from what had happened to her that if they said okay it's this kind of cancer there's no way that they could give her a chemo uh because she was too weak and so they have to do some kind of modification um in order to help her with that and um or the other thing is that if there wasn't anything to do uh the next step would probably were to refer to hospice, uh, which then, you know, meant that it would be a matter of days. Um, so we were just waiting uh, for the results of that, and and then all of a sudden, you know, she just started to um, have, you know, um, some other issues, and and then sadly uh, you know, on Friday, the 27th, um, with my job, they, we have office days on Friday. So I just do phone calls and stuff. And so I was home, thank goodness, um, for that. And I got a call from my father and he said that, um, the nurse said it could be a matter of time, uh, that she could go. And of course he was very upset and emotional And of course, um, I then, you know, just grabbed, you know, my shoes and I got my coat and I ran out the door, um, not knowing, uh, you know, what to expect. And so I, I got there around 11 o'clock in the morning and I told my dad, I said, I don't care how long it takes. I'm not leaving her by herself. And so I stayed from 11 a.m. on a Friday until Sunday and I'll get into that in a minute but um, I I just you know we were there at the hospital with her and you know and she was just laying there and she was you know breathing on her own but she was you know really out of it and they kept you know giving her you know pain meds and stuff and they kept saying they were going to keep her comfortable and and so basically, what happened was, then I I got a hold of Roger when he got off work, and I said, I need you to do me a favor, bring me a change of clothes, bring me my iPad, you know, the you know power cords, everything, and just because I'm not leaving, um, the hospital. And so he did, and he stayed there um, with me for a while, and and then I'd have to say that one of the things that I. Um, I could never imagine having a job uh with nursing because I, I don't think I could handle it and uh I'm too much of a emotional person and I I just realized that there is no way that, you know, I could deal with this on a regular basis. Uh so anyway I was um in the room with her, and, you know, basically from Friday night, and I just, you know, stayed with her, and I was holding her hand, and, uh, you know, and we were talking, and the weird thing is, like, one minute she would be, like, clear as a bell, and then the next minute she would, like, go, she would just say, like, I'm reading a line from my post that I did about the cruise, and she would just say, i want to tell you all about the amazing cruise and move and she would just like like in her i get like her brain thought that she finished the sentence but her mouth would just go it would just trail off and it was just really strange and and then the next minute she had like we had the tv on and we're just sitting there talking and then all of a sudden she says i remember that commercial and then the next minute she would go well, you know what I mean, and blah, blah, blah. and we'd all go like, "What, Kim?" And she would just go, bah. and then she would act like she's mad that she had to repeat herself, or she thinks she's repeating herself. So it was just, it was just horrible, you know, seeing her like that, and um, and then of course seeing my father watching his daughter like that was just heartbreaking, and and then me seeing both of them like that, it was just. Horrific, and um, so basically, what happened was because again, we all thought that it would be like a matter of time. So I was there from eleven a.m. or Yeah, eleven a.m. Um, and and this was now into the evening, and it got to like 10, 30, 11. and my dad is eighty-one years old, and the the furniture, the chairs, the little couch like thing or not comfortable and my dad he would every day for like two or three times a day he would go to the hospital be with Kim uh during the time that she was more coherent and stuff and um and so he just said I'm gonna go home if anything happens you just call me um I'll be up so my brother and I were in there and I I just said I'm not gonna leave her I don't want to leave my sister And I felt, I mean, I already felt horribly guilty about being gone on the cruise, but I, I also felt horribly guilty because the, the two, three days before all this, um, I had got a, it was kind of like a, another, it's not a promotion, but it was just another additional responsibility that I was given with my work. And I had to go to Woodridge, Illinois for some training and it took two days and then they wanted me to stay another day, um, another half day like on Thursday, which was a complete waste of time. And so I just, you know, rushed home Thursday and then that's when all the stuff that I just told you about happened. So so I didn't want to leave her. So I'm just in the room and they have this one chair and it kinda of reclines, but it's like very uncomfortable. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just watching T V and then I thought, well maybe the noise was keeping her up, so I um, I turned the TV off and I was just on my you know iPad and you know just trying to keep my mind you know, somewhat occupied and I just sat there and I just you know, just watching my sister laying there and she was just uh, like one minute she'd be like really good and you know comfortable and then like every two hours, uh, the nurse would come in and, um, and the, see the one thing that really bothered me and I know some people that work at this hospital and the thing that bothers me is that they gave her, I mean, I'm sure all of you probably had, had somebody in the hospital. And so, you know, so like if they're in pain, um, and they want their medicine, they hit a little button and then the button is, then they get it, but then you only can do it like a certain amount of time, like every half hour or 15 minutes or you know whatever it is and so i just noticed that she just seemed kind of uncomfortable and i went up and i talked to the nurse and i said well if she's not doing well and she's in pain but she's so out of it how do you expect her to hit the button and the nurse goes oh well i noticed that it had been a while since she hit it and I'm like, well, if you notice it's been a while then you hit it, then why didn't you tell the, the doctors or the other nurse or someone else that could help her? Or why don't you put it on your little schedule to go in and check on her? And it just really pissed me off. And the other thing is that the doctor had told us that they would make sure that she was kept comfortable. And so... So again, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, she could pass away at any time, and so I'm in the room, and every so often they would come in and check on her and give her the pain meds or IV and stuff, and then all of a sudden, um, she would, you know, relax, and she would go to sleep, and and she'd even snore a little bit, and, and I just sat there, and I was staying up, you know, now it's 1 o'clock, and then it became 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was just so wound up that I I, I couldn't even, I, I just felt like I had to stay awake and I was just exhausted and I hadn't been sleeping well throughout the week anyway, because A, because of the meeting, B, because of Kim, you know, just a lot of stuff. I just had so much stuff going on at the same time and I hadn't been sleeping very well and I was just exhausted. And so I tried to stretch out on the chair and I think I might have dozed off on and off for like 2 hours like maybe from 2 to 4 or you know and then I I got back up and I went to the bathroom, got some water and I'm walking around the hallway like a zombie. And then I get back in the room and Kim seems very calm and so I sit back in the chair and I think I dozed off for like another hour. And then it was like seven in the morning, and I will never forget this, is that the nurse comes in, hits the button, the main light in the room, and it's really, really bright. And it scares both Kim and I like crazy. And she, like, Kim almost, it was like she was having like a panic attack. And I said, Kim, it's okay, it's okay, you know, you're fine. And I was like holding her hand and stuff. And it freaked me out because, again, I hadn't gotten much sleep. And I'm like pissed at this fucking nurse. And uh, she goes, oh, it's – And now this is the other thing that was really weird is that Kim was kind of like in and out of it, like I said. But then all of a sudden when the nurse came in, she goes, She goes, Kim, hey, honey, do you need your pain medicine? And Kim goes, Ugh. And then the next minute she goes, well, what's your name? And my sister goes, Kimberly K. Keel. What's your date of birth? 1358 Claire Isabel and I'm just sitting there like what you know and I, I was just like you know amazed because you know they you know everything so then the nurse gives her the medicine and then she you know you know sleeps um, a little bit and um, so by then I'm just like okay I gotta get up for a little bit so I go down to the cafeteria which is horrible hospital food and I get me something to eat, and uh, and I again, I'm just like a zombie the whole day. But I said, I'm not leaving. Uh, so then I went back upstairs, and there's a, another nurse who I did like, and I walk up to her and I said, I, I'm going to go into the waiting room, and I'm going to go lay down. But if anything happens, I need you to please come get me, and I'll call my dad and my brother, and we'll be here if anything happens. And she goes, okay, honey, she says, it's really sweet of you for staying. So I go into the other room and the thing is that this part of the hospital is huge waiting room and they have all these couches and chairs and stuff. But the, the horrible thing about this is that, and I get why they do this because it's supposed to be a waiting room for anyone. You know, it's not like restricted to certain people on this floor it's for anybody who wants it It needs it. And they have like one part of the room is like a big table. So if they want to eat, like a you know meeting and dining room area. And then they have a couple TVs and they have couches and chairs and all this stuff. And it's a really beautiful room. Um, but the thing is that where the couches are is that they have this one light that is constantly on. And it's very bright. And they've got them on both sides of the room because then if people do want to come in throughout the different times. Like, for example, if I was able to turn out all the lights, I would have. But then if people need to go in there or want to sit down or whatever, they want to keep some type of lighting in the room. And so I'm laying on the couch and I you know, got a pillow and a blanket and um, I'm like practically having to cover my face up because this light is blinding and I even at one point even moved the couch to another part of the room that was un- not under the light and I tried to go to sleep and I slept for like maybe a couple hours and then Saturday morning around 10 I get woken up by my brother and he says Tom the nurse said it's going to be any time so I, I again, I'm like a zombie because I only got a few hours of sleep. And I get up and I go into the room and we're just sitting there, watching Kim. And my dad's there, my brother's there, I'm there, you know, Linda, uh, my dad's girlfriend, sitting there. And we're just sitting there and we're, sitting there and we're sitting there and we're sitting there and we're sitting there. And we were basically there all day Saturday. You know, and they told me at 10 o'clock or whatever time it was that she could go anytime. And she was not ready to give up, folks. She was not ready to give up. And and so then, again, the evening comes around and my dad says, I'm going to go home. And my brother stayed a little bit later. And then I went back in the waiting room to sleep, and he stayed in there with it a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like 3 in the morning, my brother wakes me up, which, why, I don't know. But he wakes me up and says, I'm going to go home. And I'm like, okay. And, oh, let me, let me, before that, I want to tell you this. Before that happened, Um, this is, you know, back to Saturday night. And I apologize for jumping all the place, but I'm surprised i'm able to keep it together right now so if any anybody is actually listening uh thank you uh but what happened was on saturday night after my dad left my, my brother and i are sitting there and every two hours when kim would get her pain medicine the pain medicine would last like an hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes and then all of a sudden, Kim would kind of like startle and she'd be like moaning and groaning. And then she would act like she wanted to get out of the bed. And we kept telling her, no, Kim, you can't get out of the bed. And she kept pulling on the sheet. She kept pulling on, you know, pillow. And we were afraid that she was going to pull something like her IV or something out. And, uh, and we we're like, no, Kim, no. And then all of a sudden she would just keep moving. And so she was really restless. And, um, so I got up and I went and I got the nurse and I said, "She is really restless. Like every two hours, she is gets like like as soon as the hour and forty five minutes, she gets worse." And she goes, "Oh well, we'll talk to the doctor and see if we can do anything." And then another two hours goes by, and and she does it again. And then she just kept getting worse and worse. And um, I don't know if any of you have ever watched the movie Steel Magnet. No, not still Magnolia's, but um, Terms of Endearment, um, where it's uh, Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine. And uh, well, Deborah Winger plays this woman that gets cancer and she's in the hospital. And there's a pivotal scene where Shirley MacLaine, who plays the mother, um, her daughter is in pain and she goes out into the waiting room or the nurse's station and she starts screaming and yelling. Uh, that her daughter needs a shot, and the nurses are kind of like indifferent, like some of them at the hospital for Kim work. And uh, she and she starts screaming, "She needs her shot!" And and I came that close to being Shirley McLean on Saturday night. I was like, and I was getting pissed off, and I was getting really emotional. And I went up to her and I said, "I want to talk to the head nurse or whoever it is." And I said, the doctor said that he was going to keep her comfortable. This is not keeping her comfortable. And I just started, you know, you know, I said, I she needs help. She's, try, you know, I'm afraid she's going to try to get out of bed. She's going to do something, and and it's it's driving me crazy. And uh, and then finally the nurse comes in, and then they talked to the doctor, and they agreed to give her something else to you know, again, keep her relaxed, and, uh, and then finally, you know, she kind of, you know, settled down a little bit, and, uh, and then that's when my brother, in the, like, three in the morning, whatever, came and got me, and said, or said he was going to go home, because he couldn't sleep, so then, um, so then I tried to sleep, um, Saturday night for a few hours, I, I didn't sleep very well, and, uh, and then Sunday morning happened, and it's like nine o'clock in the morning and uh, my dad wakes me up this time and he says tom they said it could be a matter of time so and we go back in and uh we're sitting there again and kim is you know the same she's acting the same she's Like you know, kind of out of it now, and she's just, uh, you know, you know, she's not uncomfortable like the night before, but she's you know, she's just resting. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the nurse kept in coming in, and you know, and uh, you know, checking on her. And then it was really weird because it's like they, since they knew that it was going to be a matter of time, I guess, is that all of a sudden this one nurse who was one of the bad ones. Um, Then she knocks on the door and I get up and I'm like, you know, what are you doing? What are you coming in? You know, she's, she's dying. You know, we don't need you in this room right now. And then she opens the door and I get up to find out what she's doing. And then she bends over the nurse does bends over to get this tray out of this cabinet and she bends over and her scrubs or whatever Come down, and I see her cracker ass. She get plumber crack, you know, whatever they call it. And I'm like, ugh. And then what she does, she pulls out this tray that had like apple juice and water and cookies and fruits, and she says, "Oh, we thought we'd bring this up for you and the family." And I'm like, okay. And I'm just, you know, I'm like. Beyond words, I can't tell you um, how frustrated I was with the whole thing. And um, and I know she's just doing her job. And but it just it's like they were not there when she needed it, and then they were there when we didn't need it. You know what I mean? And um, so I'm just we're all just sitting there. And then Kim got kind of restless again. And then this one nurse comes in and she's like one we hadn't seen. And she's like, like, and, you know, if she would have looked at Kim's chart or whatever, she would have known that this was, you know, could be any time. And she just comes in like it's like a sunny day. And this is just a normal patient that is you know, just had his appendix taken out. It's going to go home in an hour or two. And she was just like, like, well, how's everybody doing? And I was like, seriously? And and then all of a sudden, my dad and my brother, like um, we were talking about the, how often they were supposed to give her medicine. And they said, oh, we're supposed to give it to every two hours. And then Linda says, no, we thought it was changed like every hour because she seems to be You know, like one minute she's okay, and the next minute she's a little bit restless again. And they said, oh, well, we'll have to talk to the doctor. And I'm like, you said you talked to the doctor last night. You got it all. And I was getting frustrated. And so I said something, and then I said, I said, and then dad goes, Tom. And I said, okay, fine. I'm going to get out of here. So I go back in the waiting room, and I'm pacing, and I'm just walking around. And this is like 9 o'clock now and uh and then you know i'm just in the room by myself and i'm just texting roger about how i'm so fucking pissed off and i'm ready just to scream and lose my and i'm crying i'm emotional i'm just frazzled i'm beyond words and um and then all of a sudden my brother comes in and he he says uh about coming back to the room so we go back in the room and uh and dad says that the nurse did talk to the doctor and they're gonna change i guess what they did is they didn't tell us correctly but what they were doing is they were increasing the medicine but they were doing it like every hour instead of every two hours and then all of a sudden my dad made a comment to the nurse about um about because she was she had oxygen on in her nose and my dad says well is her on the oxygen? Is that, you know, you know what is that, you know, does she need that? And the nurse said, well, no, she seems to be breathing through her mouth, so I don't see how having the oxygen is going to help. And so then she uh, takes it off, and, and then she kind of made this comment, and I was like, okay. And then Tim and I just said, okay, let's go. Let's just go get something to eat. So she takes the oxygen off, we leave, and all we did, we were on the fourth floor, all we did is take the elevator down to the first floor, walk to the cafeteria, we ordered our food, they put it in these uh, to go containers, so it wasn't very long, and we're getting ready to sit down at this table to eat, and I went to go get something else, I don't remember, I don't even remember now what it was, but I walked back to the table, and Tim says, Dad just called, we gotta get up there now. So we grabbed the food, and we ran up to the, um, to. I mean, we literally ran to the elevator, got on the fourth floor, ran in the room, and we walk in, and there's Dad and Linda, and Kim is laying there, and she's like, Gasping, and then about ten seconds later, she was gone. And, um, I, and so my sister, fifty-eight years old was gone and and I just lost it and um and I thought I would be ready to do this. And I know there's some people out there that are spiritual or whatever. And I know that... Um, you know, I I have... I feel I have a spiritual side. And I... I get... You know, I'm somewhere in the middle as far as religion stuff. And um, the, the thing is that it, it just bothers me that when someone dies that they go, Oh, well they're they're not in pain anymore, they're up in heaven or, you know, are they with so and so who died and um and when you lose somebody, I mean it, it there's nothing you can say. And um and so I, I just was like stunned at the moment and I was just sitting there and we I'm looking at her and I'm like, my sister is gone. And seeing my father, and he went from a series of emotions from, you know, crying to, then he went right to anger. And he's like, she went through all that shit for nothing. And I said, Dad, you know, this is just what happened like with Mom. If we knew that there was a course of treatment that could help her, we had to do it. And Kim decided to do it. And so she... I mean, we could have lost Kim easily during the summer. But she came back. She fought. She was amazing. And I was so incredibly proud of her. And how strong she was. And even when she lost her hair, when she lost a lot of weight, she did all this stuff. And she took everything with stride. I was very proud of her. I I thought that she would be you know, bitching about everything and losing her hair and not able to walk around and, you know, and do the things that she would have wanted to do. And I just said, dad, she did decide what she wanted to do. And, you know, unless, you know, if, if, you know, this other cancer or whatever came back, um, you know, she, you know, she would have been able to be fine. She would have been grateful that she did what she did. And I know there's some people out there that when they find this out that they have cancer and they decide to do a holistic way or they don't want to put that poison in their body so they don't. And, uh, and you know, in some cases they do great and they're able to overcome it. And, uh, and then there's other people that unfortunately pass away. And, you know, you just don't know. Each body, each person is different and, um, you know, course of treatments are different and, I mean, like, to give you another example, is my best friend Doug. I've known him since the fourth grade, and he's had uh, so many close calls. In fact, uh, the, you know, one of the things I forgot about him that happened uh, a little while ago is that he had three tumors in his body, and one of them had tore into uh, uh, this one tumor had... um, perforated his small intestine and the thing was had the perforation happened the way where it was uh that more than likely he would have died but because there was three tumors and one of the other tumors was close to the first one that caused the tearing that basically what happened was the other tumor had kind of went over where the tear was and so they were able to do the surgery. And and then, you know, chemo, and it was able to, you know, repair the situation. And so he is here with us today. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's so many close calls that he had. And um, so, you know, but just going back to my sister is that after all this stuff that she had went through, the ups and downs, and uh, it was just uh you know unbelievable and so then you know we had to you know take care of the arrangements for her and um we end up going back to a place um uh where she was cremated the same place that my mom was and so we went there and had to deal with that and get that all taken care of and um and then my dad uh, had decided that he wanted to do like a memorial like we did for my mom. And he decided that he wanted to do it um, sooner. Uh, because when my mom passed away, it was back in September 2015. Well, we didn't do the memorial until November. And um, to be uh, truthful, what, what this last Saturday, uh, we had the memorial. And uh, so basically you know i you know talked to my friend who we had the memorial from my mom at this one uh, church and so i made arrangements to have it there again and then i had to you know arrange all the food and um we went through all the photos and um i I, at first i was going to do another kind of memorial video of the different photos but the thing is that my sister and her infinite wisdom uh, didn't like to have her picture taken very much, and uh, so as we were going through all these photos, we either had a bunch of them when she was really little, or we had some like from you know Roger and my wedding, but she had a wig on, and uh, and Dad did not want to uh, use her photo of from the wedding as her like obituary photo. And so we had to, you know, go through the house and I went through all my photos and we're trying to find different ones and, uh, you know, and then dad and my brother and I were like, okay, well, which one do we want to do? And, you know, and they were like, I don't know which one do you want to do? And they were, it was just, it's like everything got dumped on me, which I don't mind doing. But when you're going through the process of losing someone, especially, um, you know, someone that you're really, really close with like my mother and my sister is that, you know, the, you know, I'm already frazzled, um, from all that happened the, you know, the few weeks before, and then, you know, you know, going through what I did with her passing away. And then I had to do the obituary. I had to, you know, do, you know, find the photos and it just spent hours and hours going through photos and you see all these people that are no longer with you and you see all these memories and you see all these things going on and all you can think about is that. And, and then I kept thinking about my sister and about all the things that she and I did together and growing up together. And she and I were incredibly close and, uh, and we did a lot of stuff together. We traveled together. We did a lot of things Uh, you know, even with, you know, I, I was, you know, I even mentioned it when the, for her memorial, I said, you know, one of the things that, you know, it didn't really dawn on me, but you know, all my music influences, most of them were through her. You know, I remember living in the house that we grew up and I would say, Hey, I, you know, I had a record player and I remember she had a bunch of records and I said, Hey Kim, can I borrow some of your records? And she would say, Oh, I love this and this and this and this. And I remember you know, people like Elton John, and Harry Chapin, and uh, Billy Joel, and, you know, a bunch of different artists, then I would play them, and I, you know, became obsessed with these artists, and like Billy Joel is one of my all-time favorite artists, and I don't care if you don't like him, but for me, you know, I do, and I have everything he has, I've seen him live, you know, many times, and uh, same thing with Elton John, and a lot of other artists, and, you know, it was all partly because of her. And then uh, my passion for movies, um, you know, was probably through her, too, because I remember when I was younger, we used to go to the library and they'd have these film festivals and uh, they'd have them all about the, you know, like Hitchcock. And, and I we would go and we would be obsessed with watching these over and over again. And I, I clearly remember that. And, you know, there's just so many uh you know memories that i have and then of course there's been the conflicts and the fights and the you know uh disagreements that we've had over the over the years but you know those all seem mute right now and so i'm just i was just focusing on all the the okay i don't know what the cats are into now but i don't care um but anyway it was just it was just crazy. And, um, you know, and I'm just going through all these emotions, just trying to, you know, get through what I had to get through. And I had, and then the other thing is I, her favorite flowers were irises. So I called a friend who, uh, did the arrangements for the wedding. And I said, Hey, is there any way you can get me some, uh, irises? And he says, yeah. And I said, I'd like to get two vases with some purple, blue, purple ish irises. And if you, want to see them you can go to my facebook page and see it um but he got me those and then i was you know trying to write what i was going to say for her you know at the memorial because i knew my dad and my brother were not going to do anything uh and so i had you know to coordinate the food and you know and getting all that and uh and see one of the the other things is that my sister was a amazing uh a cook and baking and one of the things that she loved to do was make uh chocolate chip cookies and see like my mother we had a pacific dessert that she used to make that everybody loved and so we made that for her and and i thought well uh, we need to do the same for kim but the thing is that my dad was constantly wanting to do like he didn't want to go get stuff done he wanted just to do it and i said dad you know you've got enough on your plate right now let's just make this as simple as possible. I'm just going to get the food. You know, the only thing we need to do is my brother's going to get pop and water and stuff. And I said, I'm going to find a place that I know has really good chocolate chip cookies, and I'm just going to order them. All you need to do is the only thing I'm asking you to do, because it was closer to him than it is to me. I said, all I'm asking is if you could please on Friday at noon, go over there and pick those up. And he says, fine. So he went and he did that. And um, and the funny thing is I, I asked him how many cookies he wanted me to buy. And, he, and I don't know why, but he says, 90. And I said, why 90? I don't think we're going to have that many people. And he goes, just order 90. And I'm like, okay. Well, then I called the place and I said, uh, you know, how much are they? And he said, well, we sell by the dozen. And I said, okay, I need eight dozen chocolate chip cookies. And they said, okay, when do you want them by? And I said, I, I want them by Friday at noon. And But I didn't tell them what it was for. I just said that we needed them. And so I you know, prepaid everything and got it taken care of. And the funny thing is my dad is uh, – he definitely has a sweet tooth. That's I got to give him that. And I probably got that from him and my mother. Uh, but anyway, he goes, picks up the cookies, and he says, well, I just want to you to know I had to sample a couple. And I'm like, okay. And, I, and then the funny thing is that he then meets me over there at the uh, church on Saturday. And he says, well, I said, Dad, there's only seven boxes here. And he goes, oh, well, um, Linda and I kept eating them. And we were too embarrassed to bring the box that only had a few cookies. So we just left it home. I went, okay, Dad, that's fine. So, um, so we had all this different stuff there. And we got it all set up. And I got the... Irises and I went. Like I said, I went through all the pictures, and I had a folder. And I asked my dad to bring a folder of pictures, and then we had two, a couple of eight by ten pictures that we wanted um, there as well. And instead of doing like a memorial thing, I just we just were going to lay all the pictures on the table. And and so I mean I have to tell you folks that during the last few weeks. After she passed away, I, I was like... I mean, I was sad. I was depressed. I mean, there was days that I, I couldn't even... I, I Like, the one Thursday after, I, I just went into such a major depression uh, that I don't even know how I um, did half my... I mean, I don't even know how I did my job. I mean, I just drove around like a zombie that day. And then I got home... And I just went to the bedroom, shut the door, and I was just laying there, and I was so sad, so depressed, and I I was just in such a funk. And um, Roger came home, and I just just told him, I said, I'm just having a bad day. And he, you know, he was very supportive through all this, and, you know, and I, I mean, I say this all the time, but I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate having him in my life, and I just wish that it wasn't during, you know, a lot of the sadness, you know, I wish it'd be more for joyful things instead of sadful things. Um, But anyway, I was just in such a a state, I wasn't sleeping, I was just having a horrible time and I just said, I need to go to bed early tonight and I'm just going to go to bed and I'm not going to, uh, you know, stay up. And so I just took a melatonin and I went to bed and I slept for like eight and a half hours and it was like the first time in weeks that I got that many hours of sleep and I felt a little better. And and so dealing with Kim's loss, I just, you know, I kind of was like, I wasn't, I mean, I was doing stuff for the memorial, but I wasn't like... Dwelling on the things, if that makes any sense, and so I really wasn't, you know, thinking about it. I mean, I was thinking about it, but I wasn't like obsessed about it, if that makes any sense. And and then the day of the memorial, we had to be there around. We got there like one fifteen or so, one twenty, whatever. And I walk in, and Roger and the friends are helping, you know, bring stuff in, and we carry in the two vases of the irises, and they were just gorgeous. And we put them on the table. And then dad had the two eight by tens. And I said, did you bring the other pictures? And he goes, what other pictures? And I said, well, remember we were going through all the pictures and I made a pile of the ones that I wanted to be on the table here. And he goes, Oh, I guess I forgot. And he goes, he goes, I'm sorry. And he goes, I can go back to the house if you want. And he just walked away. And I, and I'm putting my photos on the table and that's when I lost it again. And I just sobbed and I, you know, once I realized that everything was out of the vehicle that I went out and I sat in the vehicle and I moved it into a parking spot and I just bawled again. And, uh, it's just like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks and, uh, And then I said, okay, you got to get it together. And I, you know, calmed down and I went back in and, uh, and I, you know, had to be there, you know, and, you know, be responsible for everything because I had to make sure everything was set up. I had to make sure, you know, greet people. I had, you know, hand, I made this memorial card for my sister, like I did for my mom. And, I was handing those up. and uh, and then everybody, people, all the people started trickling in, and then people from Kim's work came in, and then the one lady, she was very, very nice, and um, you know, very supportive, and uh, and she said that, oh, you, she said so many great things about you guys, and uh, and then uh, after about an hour, uh, then I got up and started telling people to go ahead and go eat, and so we got that all. Going, and then because it was from two to five, and then about an hour and a half in, um, I got up and I I just told people I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being here and and I had it all written down on my phone of what I wanted to say and I and I practice it 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 and I'm like you know I said you got to keep it together you know you got to you got to get through this and I get up there and I said the first line. And I said, I just want to thank you all for being here. And I broke. I started to, to cry. And my dad's standing right next to me. And he goes, that you're here for Kim. And I was like. And uh, and then I proceeded to, you know, thank you know, my friend Lana and her mother for helping us get the venue. Um, And then I thanked the people where Kim had worked and I said, thank you so much for being supportive through the beginning, the middle and the end of this. Uh, And they looked at us and said, you know, said thank you. And then I thanked my cousin who would kidnap her away for a weekend and they would go gambling and just get Kim out of the house so that she could have some fun. and, and, uh, And that really meant a lot to my you know my cousin and then I thanked my aunt and my other cousins who were in Indy who helped my dad and and were there for Kim too when she was in the hospital and then I thank my brother and I think Linda and and then I finally uh thanked my father for being the rock that he was during this last year and a half of constantly being there and supporting Kim in every way um taking her back and forth to Indy you know being at the hospital 12, 14 hours a day. I mean, he was just amazing. And I, I just wanted to make sure that I wanted him to know that I appreciate him. And I just said, dad, I love you. And I gave him a big hug and everybody, you know, clapped. And, um, and it was, it was really, you know, something. Oh, and one other thing I did forget to tell you that I wanted to tell you is that before my sister was, you know, she was a little bit more, I mean, she was still out of it, but she was kind of coherent. And I did something for two people, uh, that I will never forget, you know, doing because my one cousin, Tammy, who is the one that took her to go do the gambling. And then my sister's other friend, Kiki, um, uh, were where they were both really really close to to Kim, but the thing is, my cousin Tammy lives down in Alabama, and Kiki, who lives locally, uh was up in Canada visiting her father uh during this weekend and so i I called both of them and i and I told them you know the update at the time that it could be any time that she would pass away and they and and I said, if you want, I can take the phone into the room. And we can see how she responds, but, you know, she's kind of in and out of it. And I put the phone on speaker, and I took it both in for both times. And they both had an opportunity to talk with her. And she was kind of, like I said, she was kind of in and out of it. Um, but they both got to have a chance to talk with her. And And I remember holding the phone, and I'm just standing there, and I'm listening to two of them talk, realizing that it's probably going to be the last time. And I'm just standing there bawling. And I can hear it in their voices. And Kim is like, okay, yeah, I know you too. You know, and it was just heartbreaking. But the thing is that I, 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 I in a way, I gave them a gift to be able to say goodbye. And I know there's a lot of people, and like with my mom, I mean, I told her I love her every day, but the thing is, I just wish I could have looked in her eyes and she could have looked in mine and say, I love you, like I did with my grandmother. And, uh, you know, just making sure that they knew. And and I just, I just imagined how I would feel if I was in that situation. And I was so far away and I couldn't get there in time that I would hope that I could have that. And, uh, so I'm, I'm just glad that I was able to do that for them. And they were both there at the memorial and they both said that to me. They said, Tom, I, I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate what you did. So So, but now I have another relative that's gone and I have to move on and, um, you know, do the best I can, um, and just wish them, you know, wherever they are, wherever they be, um, I just miss them terribly and, um. And I just had a lot of sadness in my life lately. You know, my mom died, my friend Denny died, my sister died, Uh, a dear friend on Facebook. um, After five long years of dealing with uh, breast cancer, um, I found out not long after uh, Kim died that she had passed away. And then the other thing I forgot to tell you folks is that my, and I'm going to try to be quick, David, if you're listening, um, I know I only got three minutes left. Uh, but I just, I just want to say this one thing that I thought was really bizarre, and then I'll say goodbye. But the, the thing is that my dad was down in Indy to be there for my sister, and then his girlfriend, Linda, was down there to be there for her sister, Sadie, who is dealing with leukemia. So they were down there for weeks and weeks and weeks to be there for their relative. And what happened was that both of them, my sister and Sadie, both came back home. They were both in kind of a remission. And the thing is that dad and Linda met because of those two. Well, the thing is that Kim died on October 29th. And the thing is just weeks ago. Prior to that, Sadie had found out that she was in remission, and so everybody was really happy and all this stuff. But the thing is, she obviously she was still weak, and and you know she was home and you know recovering from all what she was going through. And what happened was, some of her family that lived with her uh, had colds, and so what happened was somehow she ended up getting the cold, and and so instead of going to the hospital right away. Um, she waited a day and had she went in the day that she started feeling signs of it, they probably could have done something for her. But the next day she was in the hospital and on my birthday, November the 4th, Sadie passed away. So it it was just another, you know, another death and another sister that was gone. And, um, I just thought it was so, you know, ironic that the two of them, by being sick, brought Dad and Linda together, and then they basically both died a week apart from one another, And it was just surreal. So, okay, I only got one minute left. I'm just going to go. If anyone actually listened to this whole thing, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, I'm... Surprised, I got through it okay, but um, but I, I knew I needed to get this done, and I didn't want to wait any longer. And I, but um, but we'll we'll go from there. But um, I should hopefully be back next Tuesday, um, and hopefully you will too. So um, you take care, and if you learn anything from what I talked about tonight, I hope that it makes you stop and realize. That your life is very precious and that the people in your life are very precious to you. And I hope that you take the time to tell those people how you feel. And I hope you appreciate the good things in your life. And I hope the things that are not so good in your life, I hope you can minimize those. Uh, And I hope that um, you try to keep those toxic people in your life away so that you can enjoy it with the ones that are great for you. Uh, so I'm going to say goodbye for now, but you take care and, uh, have a great one. And, um, I will talk to you again soon. So, bye-bye.